Uh, big tiger. Oh, no, and made it! All right, tiger, you know the arrangement. If I could make it to this episode without you catching me, I'd take you to Outback Steakhouse. I'll see you there. Get out of here. Today's episode features Jeremy Scott Olson, a sound and music creator in LA with whom I worked on a video game for Ludum Dare 52, which is an international online game jam. Mr. Olson has already had an amazing career in audio so far, working for over a decade on a suite of Seth MacFarlane shows, including Family Guy, American Dad, The Cleveland Show, and The Orville. Not to mention his ADR work on a long list of hugely popular TV shows, including Riverdale, Pretty Little Liars, Cobra Kai, The Loudest Voice, Cosmos, and I'll stop there because the list is long. Go check out his IMDb page to see the stuff he's put his name on because it is extensive. In addition to all this, JSO has started Bad Self Music, a forward-thinking record label centered around pop, rock, video game music, TV and film scoring, and modern classical. If you're a serious artist that fits one of these categories, you should go to badselfmusic.com and reach out to Jeremy because he is an absolute pleasure to work with. So let's go listen to me talk to him. Yeah. My guest today is Jeremy Scott Olson, um, we, which I have now just shorthand, you're just JSO now. So we work together on a game jam. Now, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Ludum Dare or Dare? Ludum Dare. I mean, Dare, I'm going, I wasn't around when Latin was being spoken, but that's what I assume. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so we worked on a game called Hair Runner together. Um, that, uh, what did we, what we, in audio, it was a team of 10 people from all around the world, um, had a uh, what like it was four or five audio people yeah five uh, it was five five ones, right yeah yeah and uh what did we place 32nd or so, or some kind of percentage like you had a stat yeah it was, it was 30, top three percent and it depends how you measure top 3%. But yeah three hundred top three percent yeah. in audio and yeah. um pretty much all the stats were top 20 percent for just whatever i think there might be one or two that were not great and then you know yeah Grain of salt with all, whether I don't care if it's the Oscars or a game jam score, there's grain of salt with everything because the way anything is scored, it can be pretty ridiculous. But top three percent, I feel pretty good, pretty good about yeah, that. Yeah, and it's a global, it's a one of these global, not the global game jam, but it's no. one of these game jams that are international, online and very large. Um, yeah, yeah, thousands. And so it's like lots and lots of entries. So it's you know, and that whole team was just really. I, I've done a lot of game jams where things fall flat. Um, most of them actually <laughs> uh but yeah uh this was one of these teams that like like look at the splash art is on it's on my website now but it's incredible um, isn't it <laughs> oh it's yeah like she, she yeah. put up she she sent the the splash art to the discord and everybody was like whoa <laughs> so it's one of these teams that like makes you work harder because of the quality that you're seeing from everybody else right absolutely um, right and uh, you were the first face I saw. We got on into the team and like we sort of had this you we jumped on a discord meeting and I immediately just felt super welcome. And like you just kind of dived into like working on stuff and going, OK, here's what we're doing. And it's like we had been working together for years, which I appreciated. So, uh, <laughs> well, like, um, likewise. Right. I mean, you know, well, you just you. kind of dove in and fit right in and got to work. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, so like I asked you to do this podcast kind of just based on working with you on that jam. Uh, and then I went and I researched you a little bit and I was like, whoa, oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I was like, he's already agreed to it. I have to. <laughs> but no, uh, 
So you are you are mainly uh, would you call yourself an ADR professional? Like are you sort of in the like that specific realm, or would you just say audio or? How would you describe yourself? I go with music and sound, even though music, music is a very small part of it. I want it to be a larger part, and and I do try to do what little things I can in music, and I love it. Yeah. Um, and and music has even been a part of some of my professional sound work. It's been slightly music oriented, one way or another. So, um, yeah. yeah, sound and music, because I don't put um, a, a real limit on what I do. If it looks like I yeah. can do the job, I'll do it. That's a good way to go about it. I think. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to skip around a little bit, but like, so for, for example, we rescheduled just to get an idea for people. Uh, we rescheduled this a couple times just because the first time you had, uh, what you called a truck day. Um, and you were working on, am I allowed to say what you're working on by the way? I won't, I won't mention anything to you that I, that you can't say. Yes. So anything you know about it, you can share. There are a few things I'm really dying to tell you that I'm not gonna be able to tell you. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, Which sucks, but (laughs) Yeah, we rescheduled the the recording uh, of this podcast because you had a truck day on while you were working on Riverdale, um, and it was it was going to be hard to predict like when the actors came in to do ADR. Um, can you talk about that just a little bit as like a little kind of splash introduction to, uh, you know, well, totally day in yeah. life? <laughs> yeah, this is a day in my kind of current life. Um, we can get into the, my past lives if there's time and if, if you oh, want, yeah. which oh, is no, also dialogue-oriented, but, you know, it's very different. But, yeah. um, you know, as of as of near the end of 2021, I kind of made the leap into live action post-production. And um, the bulk of that, the large bulk of that has so far been ADR, and it's mostly ADR editing and ADR supervising. So um, Riverdale is one the of listeners- those... ADR stands for yes automated dialogue replacement which is really interesting because we most of us these days don't do it in any kind of automated way but it, it can be right they call it looping I was gonna... because it would be right. beep 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 do it and then beep 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 do it and you would actually have a loop and get a rhythm but most right. most of the time these days actors most actors are good enough at it that you, that you don't need that and you would rather take that valuable time instead of having them do it 10 times in a loop you're just going to take once and say I'm going to give you a few notes and then they take the notes and do it better, you know. Um, you say like most most actors kind of do that. Yeah, there's you Is know commonplace now. So I don't know. If, are you expecting? Because if you're expecting, it depends how broad you expect your audience to be. But I want to add. I kind of feel like I need to add one more description of what ADR is. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, because then that no, informs the rest of this. Like, absolutely. But, but you know, ADR is actors replacing their dialogue in the film because what yes. most a lot of what we hear in films was actually recorded along with the cameras by people with the, you know, the boom microphones and a, basically mm-hmm. a fancy tape recorder, digital now, yeah. obviously, but on set, wherever they shot. But sometimes that's noisy. Sometimes there's interruptions. Sometimes there's audio problems. Sometimes they want to change a word or a line afterwards. Sometimes somebody said the wrong words and, and they didn't catch it. Sometimes some, they were using a brand name that they realized later they can't use. <laughs> it just, there's no end to the, right. to the number of reasons that you actually need right, to eventually right. do ADR. And then, so at the end of the process in post-production, um, ADR is part of that whole post-production stage and, and it's the part where they say, okay, well, this actor needs to come in and do these lines and they're going to send a, you know, a, a movie that contains all that, all those visuals so they can see themselves saying those lines 
and scripts and things for us to keep track of it and for them to read. And then they'll stand in front of a microphone and they'll have usually the same microphones, the same kinds of microphones they have on set. One boom microphone, which is the one held on a long pole mm -hmm. and one lavalier, which is the one kind of clipped onto you or hidden in your clothing somewhere. And, um, and they will watch their lips and listen to what they did. And if it's an audio note, they're just literally trying to completely reproduce mimic what they did. And if it's a, some other note, like a performance note, like, oh, we want this performance a little different or we have to change words or something, then they yeah. do whatever they have to do for that. But they're basically watching themselves on screen and performing, re-performing it in front of a microphone. So do they, do they get like a, I mean, and I'm just thinking of like from the musician's side of things, like mm -hmm. being in a studio, like do they get a chance to practice that before coming into the studio? Like do they get the clips or they just, they're right in? No. Yeah. They're right in. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a, it's a weird it's like a lot of audio seems to be to, to feel like um, ghost things that most people don't even realize exist or don't think about. Yeah. And ADR is definitely that even for actors. Like they know it exists, but some of them, I think, really wish it didn't. Some of them <laughs> just accept that it does, but don't, you know, I don't think put any extra consideration in it. Or they're maybe maybe it's I think for some actors are going to be scared of it because it's. It's not. They feel it's not their skill set. It is. And this I was going to say it seems like a very different skill. Absolutely. Than, I make a comparison yeah. to this actually. Um, being around writers for many years, I was always fascinated that you have to be a writer's assistant before you're a writer because those are two very, 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 very <laughs> different jobs. And it seems bizarre to it requires somebody to succeed at yeah. one before then succeeding Painting at the, the other. And in, defense, in right? ADR is one of those, like, you know, wax you can on, be a great on. actor without having the ability to mimic your performance from a record, you know, like that's not, yeah. it's not something you necessarily expect or something, but it is part of the job in the career. So it's, it's kind of one yeah. of those things like the more you just accept that and move on. And, and also really frankly realize that, you know, as sound people, the goal of this, like we don't want to do any more work than we have to either we're not here to just add work for ourselves we yeah, are here yeah. to try and make the film better and if the director says just the way when an actor said when the director tells an actor to do something if the director is telling us to do something if they're saying oh, we need to loop this line and they tell us why we only argue so much you know like if it's yeah. an audio problem they may defer to us most of them would and say you're the audio expert tell me what you need to do most of there's not even often there's not even communication about that we just pick the lines that need audio work and say ah this will be difficult in the mix or we just can't hear this but uh, anything that's borderline questionable we you know anything that is performance or other special weird things that all is um it's it's producers or directors are choosing this and you know we're just doing our job and and the goal the idea is it should all make the movie better the audience being able to, to hear yeah. or understand things one way or another is, yeah. is paramount i mean dialogue is king so um, yeah. that actor's performance will appear better if they sound better you know yeah it's because that's how our brains work so um and you know that's i, I realizing now like this sounds like a mad-mouthing actress or something like no actually i've actually been shocked in my short my short time doing this is like full time. Like I've done it a lot before, but only in the last year and a half has it been really kind of uh, you know, the chug, big, big bulk of my career. And I'm just okay. actors actually always surprise me how on average just uh, tolerant and gracious and, and skillful they are. You know, somebody who come in for some tiny role, bit part, yeah. and just like nail the heck out of some difficult ADR. And you're like, wow. Yeah. yeah. People, people work so hard. <laughs> now, do you find that they, the people that like, is there, is that more common for seasoned people or are there? people that like does it i've never like had to do it so i don't really know like yeah <laughs> how difficult it is it just seems like it's like a 
it is it is difficult um yeah but it's a learnable skill and but the thing yeah. is i think it falls in the realm um that music does that there, there are probably people out there who are truly tone deaf and literally can't hold a <laughs> tune for example right right um and so maybe that person can't be taught music but they're but everybody else could be taught it and it's just a matter of would it are they naturals are they is it very very difficult for them or somewhere in between and i think adr yeah. seems to be the same like you know um i've i i was just the other day at a lunch and in a discussion with a an actor who came in to do dozens of lines in adr for the first episode of a show that that she was now on and uh and and everybody's already just like wow there's dozens of lines just for the one actor and there's like hundreds of lines of adr in this show that's that's a yeah. lot <laughs> yeah and so this actor comes in with like 50 or 60 lines to do and they start the conversation and it becomes clear she didn't she's never done adr before right and everybody of course just kind of like goes pale as a ghost <laughs> like oh god <laughs> and oh, no. it turned out as she did it she was just naturally good at it and and that nice. comes from the skill sets of, of of acting and being you know yeah. kind of having acting chops but i think also might tie in to musicality for example i mean a, a lot of post people are musicians and i think there's i mean i think there's a lot of overlap with with actors too where you have musical training Right. And just that ability to recognize rhythm and melody is kind well, of like that's what we're doing with speech is yeah, yeah. Mimic, mimicry is it like I need to play I need to understand how um, how these 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 my part my this this intonation of something fits into right. uh, into time right and into uh, a bigger picture of something so yeah. it it's it's a different version of the same skill in a way so I also I find yeah. that musical people are always better at it and you you often find like um, rappers for example, can be amazing at it. Yeah. Um, certain voice artists, voice actors specifically, because they work primarily or only in voice are yeah. just insanely good at it. Um, well, and it's interesting because then it's like you have, it's basically a click track and then they do the you line. three beeps. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's, there's a little bit of like the rhythmic aspect there. Right. Um, no, that's really interesting. Do you find that like, and I had a, I just kind of thought <laughs> I'm dreading, like, I, I don't want this to, <laughs> Uh, go over but I have all these questions now <laughs> they're just like sprouting off um, th- like with well first of all how you said like the last year has been kind of like more picking up more of like ADR mm-hmm. uh, as far as your career um, is that like how long have you been doing ADR in general like um, well um, there was eight so let's go back to the previous gig um, I'll just touch on it right now and if you wanted to dive mm-hmm. in it more we can sure. but for so for 16 almost 16 years I worked on Seth MacFarlane's cartoons mm-hmm. I started off as the assistant on Family Guy to the the man who records and edits the dialogue for that for Family Guy and then when the Cleveland show started up I did the whole run of that as that person I became the, the lead the person who records right. and edits the dialogue and then yeah. when that ended, I moved over to American Dad, and that was actually more than half my time. By the time it was done, I did like nine years on, the, yeah. on American Dad. Wow, man! So there Congrats, was ADR. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, man. Um, so ADR, the process of 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 matching words to picture, I've been doing that on those shows since two thousand and eight or so, probably. Okay. I don't know if I did as an assistant. I would record every now and then, but I don't know if I did an ADR, but. But, you know, yeah, 2008, so 15 yeah. years of, of doing it. But it was a small part of the job then. But then through through working there, Seth would have us, he's, he has, you know, just like so many um, creative leaders 
has the people he grows to trust. Once he's worked with you and he, he yeah. trusts you, he doesn't want to find new people. He just wants to keep working with the people he knows will do the job right. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, then the first time because they already know how he works and right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I ended up doing uh, ADR on um, some of his other things, the Orville, and uh, there's a, a series, a limited series, loudest. Voice. Don't worry, I have a list written down. In oh, case you oh can't good. Remember. You can tell me what I've worked on more better than <laughs> yeah. I could tell you, probably. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. loudest voice, I think it was HBO, uh, and it was about, you know, Roger Ailes, Fox News. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. he was, he had a pretty big part in that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, then I was, so I was shooting ADR for, for some of his stuff. Um, and then, uh, and then when I went freelance, I then had a bunch of that under my belt at that point. It was yeah. comfortable and familiar and, so that was a, a easy thing to leap into. Yeah, man. And you said like ADR was a small part of it. Were you like, were you audio editor? Like, what was mm. the rest of the bulk of? Well, it's just that, that? in car- so in animation, I um, guess in the Cleveland show or whatever. Yeah, no, on all the all three. I mean, thinking, Family Guy was yeah. the assistant, so that's a little different. Yeah. But but right. I'm I'm describing his name is Patrick. He's still there. Amazing guy, awesome friend of mine, and just great dude. Um, so he, I was, well, it was assisting him. So it's what he did on Family Guy and still does. And then what I did on Cleveland Show and, and American Dad. Um, the job was split into kind of two parts. And um, one part was recording all the dialogue. But very mm-hmm. little of that was ADR with um, animation. Oh, yeah. It's you recording animation, voices right. first. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. so, you know, it's, it's still it's thought of as production dialogue recording because it is nothing else exists. It's like if you went out on a, on a film shoot, right? You were there with the microphone right. recording that original audio. This is yeah. the original audio, but it's just done in a studio. Yeah. And so yeah. they usually do use the, the large diaphragm condenser microphones. We had Neumann TLM 193s, which I love. One of my absolute favorite voiceover mics and um mostly do one actor at a time every now and then we would do multiple but it was mostly one actor at a time standing in front of mike reading their their scripts kind of one line at a time usually the typical voiceover procedure is like kind of they do three takes of a line director would then give some notes and then okay if they need to do it again then we do three more or we move on to the next line and so it's this very linear process of just capturing line by line by line by line of whatever they have to record. So that that's that's that was a large part of my day, and very little of that was ADR because ADR was only at the end of the process. When again, when they're like, "Ah, oh, this joke isn't working, but we just can change this one or two words. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to change the way their lips move. So we're just going to insert right. new words or same thing like a yeah. brand name or something. Oh, we can't say this brand name, so we're going to make up a brand name that sounds like it, and we can just fit it in their their mouth, which right. especially with with animation is a little extra forgiving you know you can yeah you can get away with a little more than seeing a real human mouth um that's interesting so like punch-ins and stuff like that meaning like putting in one single word or something would you have them do the whole line again or like the word before and the word after kind of thing or just literally the word and then there's that's a <laughs> the, I'm getting like a little bit like yeah. detailed question, but no, um, but I mean I get it. That's all. This is the so all this stuff is fascinating to me about ADR. Is um, yeah, I love this. The very short answer, and this kind of applies to both live action and and animation, but you'll see the difference basically is as long as you, um, to the extent that you can be confident your recording can reasonably well match mm-hmm. what you're kind of punching into, then yes, you can punch in. Though yeah. typically. 
typically you still you need a little on either side for for the edit. Yeah. Right. But every now and then you actually literally don't even need that. Like I've had people just ADR one word if there's a nice yeah. clean if there's air on both sides and a and yeah. the mouth shape makes sense. The thing yeah. is like it's not even just about the specific consonant. For example, if it ends and begins with an S or a T, you're often good. I was going to say S's are S's are amazing. The limited are, dialogue editing I've S's done is and F's, F's are like F's, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, frick, frick, is that what I, There's words for all the different. <laughs> oh, is there? Yeah, you know, it's um, it all comes from from language study studies of, of how we produce language or our, our mouth, and there's plosives and and Plosive sibilants and all those, right? Yeah, and so I can't yeah. remember what the what F's and I didn't know are. there was more than plosive and sibilant. Oh God, yeah, there's like, there's a lot, my friend. And then there's little subcategories of labial, labial dental. Glottal, I like, what yeah. did you call it? Frickin' fracking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fricatives, I think I probably, Fricatives. that's probably like, that's probably a, a kind of espresso drink or something, but I don't know. Well, I got, I got some homework to do on that. That's, that's cool. <laughs> you can, you can come back and tell me what I got wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, it's, no, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, but even then, what you were saying before can make you say that S differently. And, and when you get to be right, really yeah. good at ADR, one of the, one of the things about, about being good at ADR uh, mixing the being the meaning being the recorder the person who's recording it is 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 that is recognizing okay I need this in order to achieve this and and, and yeah. in that case it's for example yeah I, I have to get more than just that s if they just say Stephen I'm gonna get a different s than if they say where's Stephen yeah, that yeah. Stephen might be that might be all exactly. that oh yeah that might just kill you right there so I'm gonna get the where's Stephen in case that z- well, affects how pitch too, the difference because like, like if they're if they're coming off a high they energy might, line or right versus, exactly yeah. see yeah you, you you've already thought of these things too yeah and not everybody does that's that's the that's the thing you yeah. you you have to you have to think of that while the actors stuff. in the booth you don't want to have to call actors back and pay another thousand yeah. dollars just because yeah that's the thing it's you missed up time. yeah so um so yeah so you can punch things in absolutely um that tends to happen with you know at that point it's with your star actors or your people who are like starring and producing anybody yeah. who has a, a pretty large stake in the game and a really busy life. Um, right. All your guest actors and all your minor actors, honestly, I, I just say, please give me the whole line or the, at least a sentence or, you know, whatever kind of yeah. reasonable unit. Um, as and that lo- just ends up being quicker just to like. Absolutely. Rather than, yeah, yeah rather because even chunk. it's only, even the people who have a lot of experience, they're not always realizing that it depends how present they are and it depends how much they think in terms of that sort of musicality. Some right. people is just, I just want to, I want to, I want the quickest way possible. Let's do this. And it's like, you have to yeah. No, actually we, we just need a little bit more if you can, yeah. um, you know, and then some people you get, it's it, just like all, um, we're a service industry and, and just like all of that, it involves a little bit of education of the client. Yeah. And, you sure. know, so some people, aren't really interested in and that's okay that they're just like no that you just tell me what to do and i'll do it but some people you see them right. like latch on and then they you just we watch them get educated and then they're making those good decisions which is really awesome i love when yeah. you've worked with somebody a while and you see that they have learned the things you've not yeah. taught them because i didn't say i didn't say sit down class no, but they, right yeah but, but they're, they're like picked i want to do a good job at this if, so i'm gonna oh yeah. i'll probably need the couple this couple words i'll just give you the whole sentence and there's no arguing yeah. about it they just do it and and it's like oh amazing that's awesome. yeah because yeah. yeah again it's not i don't want to Easy take you to more with. time i want a better result that's all i'm here yeah. for <laughs> i want a better result i want the just best being, result that's part of being easy to work with and i think that you know just be easy to work with it's a good rule yeah uh, it, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's it's oddly meeting halfway yeah you know? it's oddly i think a lot of people really underestimate how important 
that is. I, but, but, yeah. It's funny to that you hear most successful people say it's mostly not that I'm great. I'm good, but I'm just also I show up. I'm reliable, and I exactly. try not to be a jerk. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> and yeah, that's exactly. the, actually the bigger part of the equation. That seems to be what I've learned about every single industry in the world. Is just yeah. that's just how it works. Well, think who, who um, do you want to be creative with, right? Who do you want to trust with exactly things yeah. that are vulnerable secrets? Basically, it's it's some some of its emotion. Like actors in front of a a microphone, it it can get very vulnerable and emotional. They just yeah. they can be doing they can be doing sex noises. They can be doing yeah. emotional speeches. That you know, screaming, crying, yeah. like and and they just have to trust you and and be okay and be comfortable there it has to feel like a safe space and it has to feel like you're not going to make them do more of that than you need to and that right. you're a participant and a, and a and a supporter and a you're helping you know them get to this end point not um, an obstacle or something for them yeah. to be worried about or has has there been like moments you said like the impassioned speech thing like has there been moments where you've had to like be like that was a really great take but uh can you just back up like a foot and do it again <laughs> yeah well you've touched on something else that's that's also part boy so there's a whole broad range of of skills we use that uh and situations we find ourselves in that we have to very quickly judge yeah when do i speak up about this right and, or do that's or exactly, do i, I speak ask, up about this then, yeah you're working with people that are well known they're well respected they're you you know famous some yeah. of them a lot of them uh so it's like yeah like I, I that would be hugely intimidating if i found myself in that position mm. of just like yeah yes and then you do it enough and you realize oh they're actually just they're professionals right they're just right, humans. right. They, they're, yeah, that's true like if i'm a beginner at, at adr and i'm working with an actor who's been around 30 years and is famous he was a beginning actor at some point and it's probably yes to some extent i do think we forget we forget what it's like to be a beginner but he was right. there and he's still a professional doing a job. And so when it comes down to is I, no matter what I'm worried about or afraid of or think I'm not capable or any of that, I just have to do my best job and be a professional the yeah. best way I know how. And and most yeah. other professionals accept that and recognize it without without question. Like nobody yeah. looks at you and says, I wonder if he's a professional. Like you're sitting in the right. chair, you're going to. You would be yeah, assumed already... to be a professional until you prove otherwise yeah. most of yeah. the time. So yeah, yeah, you that's you so you just keep earning the name professional and nobody will think you're not because you are. Yeah. If you're sitting in that chair, you are. You're getting paid yeah. to do the job. That's because professional. So um but the, so the thing is though, more than there is there is the factor of like, yeah, some people could be hard to work with. And that does happen more with with total top you know a-listers because they're so busy and they're so used to getting yeah. their way whether it's not right. their fault or anything and it's not even necessarily a bad thing i think it's it provides a certain kind of pressure that sometimes can be really great and it can lift everybody up to to know okay we can get this on two takes <laughs> you right. know like there's something yeah. about that that's can be amazing but also can be awful and it just depends sure. how what that person's attitude is are they gracious about it or not right but so aside from like touchy personalities or other things, it really just comes down to wasting time and money and energy, right? right. And yeah. Any actor deserves the respect of, of knowing that if, if I let them go through a minute long of crying and it's all going to sound unusable, uh, that's a disservice to them to, and to everybody right. in the booth. 
everybody who's right. with yeah, me. So I can think about all stuff. their effort, all their time, and that actor and and them digging deep and putting out something really difficult mm-hmm. that I know. So that's where you, you, your heart can start fluttering is that that moment that you make that decision like, God, I'm going to jump in in the middle of this emotional performance or am I going to wait to the end? Because sometimes yeah, it's yeah, like, okay, yeah. well, so, so you know, then the ver- you get the versions of this, like, okay, if I'm the mixer, I'm sitting at, so with VO, for example, or ADR, you're sitting in a, in a mixing board. Can I just fix this? And if I fix it in the middle, will it be worthwhile, right? And you make these right. snap second judgments and you do this yeah. all the time with VO and ADR where it's like, oh, beginning of the line, too hot, right? That's a that's a big one. Actors, some actors are really even keel and you have to goose them to get them you know, much above yeah. where they are. And some people, okay. especially for... Um, really dramatic or really comedic roles people can just go sometimes volume is their tool right and they're suddenly yelling so just just sometimes you just have that moment like and and you can right then in that instant decide to stop the take oh sorry sorry you you raise your hand to make sure they can see see you right away and you know talk you have the talk back open and and or you're judging oh if i just fix the level and this is say a, a long line they're in a flow maybe i don't interrupt and yeah. that's fine we're going to do more takes anyways i'll get most of this and you know but you make these yeah. judgments so fast because you don't want to sit in hem and haw and you still need to stay yeah. you can't even leave your own presence in the in the session to have this discussion with yourself right. you just have to kind of instinctively right. decide yeah, to be like right yeah and so so that sort of decision that you just asked about like that happens all the time yeah. in so many different contexts that that do i interrupt this or do i just do i give this feedback do i say this thing do i ask for this you know ask that i have or is it just not important enough right now or at all or is yeah. it something i can ask of in a better way but get the result i want you know yeah so yeah. No, that's 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 really cool. Like this is already just like I could stop it right there and it would be an amazing episode. But like that, no, that's awesome. Cool. All um, right. See ya. No. Yeah. <laughs> why, <laughs> um. But like, so while we're and this is gonna, it'll change the order of like the questions and stuff. But like, it's while we're in the mode of talking about that, like, is there anything that you? I'm not, it borders on me saying like, who's a dick and who's not, but it's like less, less like that. And more like, what are some memorable moments of, of that kind of thing that like, that you're allowed to talk about? Oh my God. Um, (laughs) And like, are you, are you under an NDA for the rest of your life on certain projects or like, (laughs) I don't don't know how to ask that. Yeah. As, as a professional who still enjoys recording actors, yeah. Um, I don't think I can tell my most interesting stories, and I'm. Okay. I know that's probably disappointing for people right, who are right. hoping for good stories. But no, 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 it feels good to me TMZ, to not to not um, fire myself from my career. Yes. Yeah, you know, I, again, it's like it's just actors coming in there for this safe space, and I, yeah. I always have to give it to them. So I could, there's there's anonymous, very generalized things that I can talk about that are sure. just there's still. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've recorded. I've re- recorded. Um, Actually, no. This like this. I can probably say if it's if it's good and interesting things, I can probably say them. And one of them was, um, Kanye. God, recording Kanye. Uh, I'm gonna use Kanye because at the time he was Kanye. I don't know if that's what I if that's the proper. Oh, anyway, I don't even. But he was Kanye at the time. Was it uh, Ye so now? He yeah or Ye? I, I don't even know how to pronounce ye, it because I, I don't. I have no idea. I don't follow him as a musician, right, but I don't either. <laughs> um, 
But he, you know, he was on the Cleveland show, uh, and um, I actually felt very fortunate to get to record him rapping for the first of his appearances. And when he did it a second time, he he was like, you know, can I do this in my studio? And he took it home and did his studio. And he's like, that's okay. cool. I get it. But I'm sad because it's like I just love interacting with really talented musicians that sure, way, you know, yeah, it's, and yeah. watching him go through his process. And and again, just engineering this and being it's like top of your game moments like this guy is records and wherever he wants. And he's used to getting what he wants when he wants it. So being a dialogue person, suddenly recording a musician, you, you really it really sticks a hot poker up your butt <laughs> like yeah, wow right, yeah. God, i'm gonna be on right now. i have to be on right and just watching yeah. him go through his process and everything was great but um so one of these songs that he was doing because he was playing uh 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 a locally famous rapper named kenny west <laughs> on the show okay. kanye west uh <laughs> yeah. and uh and he um he was releasing an album or something like that and it just so happened he was standing there he was he was performing this he's like god man this track is really reminding me of something on on something I'm working on right now. I, I got to show you guys, uh, and I'll show you when I'm done. And he starts texting, like his his driver or one of his assistants or somebody to bring up his laptop. Oh, okay. And so after his after he got done recording his his voiceover and his rap work for for the session, he brought his laptop in to the studio. And we're just sitting there listening to unreleased Kanye stuff, the tracks. Yeah. And so. You know, that's and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty cool job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things yeah. that th- this it's a job that um, people asked if I was sad to leave it. And the answer was um, was yes, but not not for those reasons. I basically I've had enough crazy parties and celebrity things and whatever to last 10 careers. I don't sure. I'm not in it for that. It's just an amazing kind of cool bonus. And I've had no, so yeah. much of it. It's all good. And um, well, I miss, I think I miss the, the people. people. In, I miss yeah. the people. No, I miss, absolutely. I, miss I think that the people that are people. in it for that are are going to be not going to be in it. Exactly. They, no, they don't last right? long. Yeah. Yeah. You so I've seen people. Absolutely, I've seen people get fired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's and that's all at Fox in uh, in L- you're in L.A. Yeah. My <laughs> closest brush with with uh, anything to do with. Seth MacFarlane was seeing his parking space. The director at UNLV, Dave Loeb, he um, used to um, be the piano player for all the the Family Guy sessions. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And I might so have met th- him on one. That's cool. Yeah, probably. Um, wicked, it was, wicked it's really, good. Like oh, he's absurdly insane. good musician. No, like he. I remember. I, so I did a pedagogy class with him um, in my second year of my master's and. It was uh, one of the assignments was like like write a curriculum based around technology that you could use in the classroom, like newer technology. And I brought in uh, part of it was I brought in um, the sight reading machine. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's just like an app that like generates music randomly. Hmm. Um, it might be called something else now. It was like an, maybe an early version of it, but it would just give you like four bars at a time and give you a little ticker. I and could then, use like, a little of that in my life every day. But yeah, it was only like a few bars at a time and yeah. then it would flip. So and he's like sitting with a grand piano, like looking over his shoulder, having a full conversation, sight reading like yeah. this stuff. Yeah. And you know, obviously like when you're when you're one of your gigs is going in and, and sight reading all this stuff for the family guy sessions. I was just gonna say, because you, you had mentioned like, you know, uh Seth like keeps the people going that that he wants to work with and everything and like 
you know, I met Dan Higgins. It was funny because Dave is like everybody's dad, right? So it's me and two other stu- two other grad students come down. Dave's going, "Hey, oh, this this is one of my students. Give him a clarinet to hold. I'll take your picture." <laughs> so, like, oh, there's a picture of me holding Dan Higgins' clarinet, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, but no, I'm looking around at like all this, all these amazing people and it was first time in that studio was pretty cool too. Cause it's like this, you know, the, the control rooms, like the enterprise. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it it just struck me as like, at someone had mentioned someone in passing, I don't remember who was just like this, this, it's pretty impressive that this gig is here because, um, Seth made sure of it, you know. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I don't know. I really appreciate that. I, you know, musicians, right? We're we're sort of worried about the future a little bit these days. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean that, and that can segue kind of into um, where you started and like all, all all this stuff like that led you to oh, um, do this kind of work. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so it, can you just rewind to just? So I'm from the East Coast, but then around fourth grade and moved out to Northern California and I was there through the end of high school and uh it was in fourth grade that I started drumming um to school band you know and then sixth grade or seventh grade somewhere there I started taking drum set lessons I got a drum set for you know like a the the cheap generic sort of drum set for for um birthday or Christmas from my parents Mm -hmm. and um that went in the the garage and I'd bang around there all the time and took lessons and just eventually got good at that i was never phenomenal drum set drummer but um you know it was fun it was just really fun and i just music just always spoke to me Mm -hmm. um sometime in high school i started to discover like the really early version of cubase before it was cubase like uh i can't remember what it's called but it was like you know little dots and lines that you were arranging music um composing music and this is a software program for our listeners. Yeah, that's that's as close as I can get. It is a, it's yeah. software for composing, and uh, yeah. really, really, really early on a, on a PC. My dad's my dad's PC is upstairs, and um, and also at some point near the I'm gonna say last couple of years of high school last year, I it, my dad got me a four track, um, and I just remember kind of starting experimenting with that and think, oh, this is fun, doing stuff backwards and all this sort of thing, you know. Um, and then, but all that just kind of simmered. Um, I went into college as a computer science major, and uh, I'll to do this super super quick version of, the, of one of my favorite stories to tell people is basically just I got stuck one night on um like a thirty line sort alg- sort algorithm. It was some program I was supposed to write to like put things in alphabetical order or you know or, okay. or whatever some just stupid basic freshman year stuff. Okay. And uh, across the hall from me was my friend Gary who in his freshman year was, and this is not a, a not joking or exaggerating, he was designing a virtual reality programming environment in which to create virtual reality operating systems. Okay. Okay. This, what year was this? This is his freshman year too. <laughs> but like around... 1994. 94, okay. All right. Yeah, virtual. That's a little, yeah, right? pretty ambitious. Yeah. yeah. So It's ambitious nowadays. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and he comes over and and he, he look, I, I was like here I need your help and look in fifteen I struggled for hours and fifteen seconds later he saw the answer he saw what I was messed up I was just like God this is not this is not it's not for me I'm not even I'm not even enjoying creating my stupid little program and then I'm also I kind of suck at it so so I, th- I think I should do something else and um, 
and that's so how I found music education. Um, teaching was something that I just kind of had in the back of my mind always knew I enjoyed, but just hadn't really thought about pursuing. And I had a friend who was a music ed major, so I had gotten to see a lot of her like homework and class load and every everything I saw. Anytime she was talking about her classes, when she was in, anytime I would see her homework, I was just like, this is this is cool. I, li- I yeah. like this. So yeah. um, I did that and I finished off as music ed. Did two years as a high school band director. I probably shouldn't have started mm-hmm. as a high school band director, but burned, just burned out hard. I was doing like 100 hour weeks yeah. and just like, by the end of it, I yeah. just, oh, I'm, I'm done. I'm doing these kids a disservice and I'm not, and it's like slowly killing myself. So I kind of plummeted off the edge into no career and was like, God, I don't even know what to do next now. Like what, what do you do when you yeah. did for your college, right? For something right. and you're not going to be that thing. What do you do? And, um, you know, I was unemployed, worked in warehouse. I tried substitute teaching just to fill the gap because um, right. it was the skill I had at the time. I worked at a warehouse. I, um, I went back to school for recording for one year. I did a re- one year recording art certificate at a place called Citrus College in Azusa. It's on the border of Azusa and Glendora. And it actually was excellent, um, especially paying community college rates. But they had just gotten this huge grant from Sony and made these incredible mm-hmm. recording studios. Nice. Really incredible. Mike Lockers, um, and they had a, I want to say, it was a euphonics board in one room, which is the precursor of the of the the S six, all the you know all the Avid boards, and oh, they yeah. had a uh, was it an, a Neva and SSL? I can't remember now, but I think it was like, it was one of just the top name analog boards in the other room. They had a Studer twenty four track. They had D eighty eights and ninety eights, you know the big fancy digital tape machines. Had a great mm-hmm. locker full of of really top notch microphones, and the biggest studio could hold twenty or thirty musicians. You know, yeah, it was amazing. So. Nice. Um, yeah, so great program, but mostly music f- f- focused. And at that point, I'm like, God, well, I do love recording. I've always loved re- I've been recording myself for fun for years now on my four track, and you know, yeah. starting to discover software and Black Pro Tools and everything. Yeah. And so, um, so that I kind of started with that direction. But then I did internships, and uh, I realized, God, so I could I could intern to intern at a terrible studio and hope to work at a terrible studio. I can intern <laughs> at a great studio and hope to be like their minimum wage nighttime phones person in a few years and then be their like minimum wage daytime phones person and then be like their minimum wage tech. And then maybe five (laughs) or 10 years after this, I'll be, I'll be like their engineer in house or something. And then eventually basically get told, Hey, go, go find work. You're on your own. You're you're good. We're bringing up the next, the next poor schmuck. So it, I just saw the the writing on the walls. Like, I'm going to have a family and, and maybe a little bit of money. (laughs) what now but god forbid so and then all of this kind of starts to come together because that up till that point you know i was obviously clearly missing the mark in in one major way or another and then the first time i didn't feel like i was missing one of the marks was my wife uh she actually went to usc film school and through her i just started to to understand like what post was and then she had her first job was actually um production sound mixing on some things but then she very soon okay. was assisting a mixer on um television post and so then i got a, like a real glimpse into it and i was like oh, this is it's something that basically uses a lot of the same tools and knowledge you're using for for to create music you're just putting mm-hmm. things together in a different order and you're focused on the things that aren't just music sound and dialogue right yeah and so and we had learned a little bit about it at citrus and just all this sort of started to come together so and then um it all the the final pieces of the puzzle where I, I ended up music, working in a music store 
uh, and then teaching drum lessons at this music store as like sort of my compromise. Like I can accept this if I have to have a quote unquote crappy job. This is the I want. Like I can be at a music store. Right. I can sell some instruments. I can play, teach yeah. kids some drums. I could live with this. This sure. is good. Um, yeah. And then you know I use my spare time to take on projects and things um, and get my Pro Tools chops up. And I just had a friend um, who just knew I had those skills. He knew that I had had you know a decent ear and and Pro Tools skills and and the interest and the drive to do this. And he recommended me to a place that was. Um, looking for uh, help with restoration, their audio restoration department. And I so I started doing that. I did that for like kind of roughly a year. I did some audio restoration. And it was a place that was in enough turbulence, like chaos, that I was soon in charge of the department, like in terms of technically, which was crazy looking back. Like yeah. that was, I, I didn't, <laughs> I did not earn yeah. that, but that's where I was. <laughs> and uh, so I was literally writing the manual too. It was like, there was none. Like was, there was so much turnover and chaos. I was like, people, yeah, yeah. we got... If I leave soon, I want to leave something behind here. I want to make sure people like have some idea. They don't have to figure it out from scratch. So I was like writing manuals and, and procedures. Yeah. I was like bidding, helping helping to bid jobs, interviewing potential engineers. Like, and I was like, this, you know, this is my yeah. first professional audio job. I, Six I did months something in. similar with uh, the graduate assistantship. I left behind a GA handbook at yeah. the school. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. It was like because I forget everything, I'm just going to put it all in this document, and then that became like. Everybody go follow. <laughs> and, but it's a good feeling. It's like I don't know if the, nobody yeah, else has to trip like, over their own feet going what's what's where and well, how, who's what's And where I is. didn't want anybody to say, like, that guy gave me a really crappy handover. I wanted to be like. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's how I yeah. teach arranging is like make make it not your fault. Yes. yes. <laughs> Put it in the chart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Arranging. Yeah. Yes. Arranging. Yeah. And so I guess it is mostly rain. What would you call? I'm, I'm blanking the part of the process where you were literally preparing score prep right oh like music prep or uh yeah. engraving engraving yeah uh, all of that make it not your fault absolute yeah, clarity it, for real. of intention it's, a, it's yeah, yeah like students will be you know it's like well I, I was like so what are you gonna do here and it's just like oh i haven't thought about who's gonna cue after that for or whatever uh and it's like well just when in doubt, just write it above the bar. You know? Yeah. Not my fault. It's yeah. in the chart. Got it. Especially, I mean, for composition, for art's sake, do whatever you want. See what the musicians oh, yeah, do with it. Sure. That's that's part of the art. But boy, if you want to yeah. put out lots of money to get like, you know, 80 yep. top-notch musicians in a in a studio mm-hmm. with like 10 engineers for where you're paying, paying like 50 grand right. an hour. Exactly. You probably don't want a lack of clarity. You probably exactly. want. Yeah. And that's honestly like, and I'm not just plugging the school that I teach at. It's like that's that's what they the, the UNLV has kind of like more of a commercial mindset when it comes to yeah. that kind of thing, uh, which I'm sure lots of schools do. Like Berkeley is has many you know, should. I mean, that's of, where you quote unquote. But it's like make your money. He's he's going to L.A. back and forth. Like a lot of the people in Vegas, L.A. is five hours away, so it's like you know a lot of them gig back and forth and are all over the place. So yeah, you know. He's he's just trying to Dave Loeb. He's like trying to prepare everybody for the professional side of it, not just like so the good and good for him. How to express yourself, yeah, <laughs> which I appreciated about the program, yeah, because that's very much. I don't. It's not that I have a problem with, uh, how you know other schools might put a focus on musical expression or the art side of things, but it, it's. I think you need that plus how do I buy groceries and pay rent yeah. after I leave here? And, yeah. You know. Yeah, the musical like, expression I, itself is not going to do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's and your story is is very much like indicative of a lot of people of of going like, well, what do I do now? And it's yeah. like you kind of you have this sort of wandering thing that so many people who do music first then go off and like, you know, have to figure out this thing. And I'm like, why isn't that part part of the curriculum? Right. <laughs> you know, totally. yeah. Um, but it's you know, it's not I don't want to appear like I'm just like whining about what you know uh, the choices i've made because <laughs> i have two two jazz degrees and it's like well, you did it to yourself <laughs> um it, it is uh yeah it's a difficult major yeah it's a, a difficult yeah, major to do anything with <laughs> it's, it's very hard yeah. uh but no and it, yeah but i'm gonna guess i'm gonna venture a guess it might have been a rewarding experience at times to actually be doing the work well and I, the thing is, I lucked into, I shouldn't say lucked, but I mean, like, I, I kind of squeaked into a, into a career as a cruise ship musician yeah. and was able to like go and do that. And like, I have no regrets about that whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I was definitely sick of it by the time I left, but <laughs> I, sounds like a familiar like, story. Yeah. Got my, got my wife, got my, <laughs> got my, uh, 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 university application. Did you get your Let's wife on a land. cruise ship? Is you that know. what happened? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the stereotypical, um, uh, show band musician who meets his wife, the dancer in, in wow. the cast. Oh, yes. And then, okay. uh, and then anyway, so you've already given me like everything in the world in this, but so I was just going to say like you've in your ADR career have not, you've first of all done a whole suite of. Uh, worked on a whole suite of of Seth MacFarlane productions, the Orville, Cleveland Show. Uh, I think it said a hundred over one hundred and fifty episodes of American Dad, uh, over two hundred and fifty episodes of Family Guy. It's probably the reverse um, of that. Then, uh, oh, is it Family Guy is probably the least actually. So Cleveland Show would have been eighty eight. Oh, I must. Family I must Guy was probably forty. American okay. Dad is probably over two hundred. Oh, okay, yep. So more on the American Dad. Um, and then also, you worked on my favorite show of all time, the Cosmos remake. Oh, yeah. uh, that it was McFarland did. He was like the executive. He producer was AP, on that or and also very. He had a he had a definitely creative vision for kind of how that should be presented, and I think he I think he might have had something to do with how the kind of making it a little bit of a modern sci fi feeling to it. Because I think you remember they were on this sort of a spaceship, yeah. right? Yeah, the the ship of the. I don't know the origin of of that, but I, I just know that some of that well, I think was him and his aesthetic and his, his aesthetic and well, his guys. And he did some VO on it and some of the you know when they do animated. I remember, bits. Yeah, yeah, some of the some of the animated sections you could definitely. I'm like that's definitely yeah, um, like Lois is dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and but um, my own part of that was was minimal, but it was really fun. And I just got they did early recordings of of um, Neil deGrasse Tyson doing his yeah. narration and i'm not sure if any of those even made it to air or not if they redid them all but um we recorded them as if they would be final um because you know we if you can record that much stuff and get the actual guy to do it yeah let's just yeah. let's do it right and they, they did it right yeah. so yeah i don't know if they ended up wanting to redo it all or not but um it was fun just a few episodes yeah. worth of that it was really good well even just and, and honestly it's not to be like Oh, you know, kind of like starry eyed looking at like, you're, you must be so grateful for your career or whatever. <laughs> like everybody has like your career is what it is. And it's like you have good days and bad days and like appreciation and like right. that was a shitty day, whatever. But like it, like I just I I like the I think it's really cool that you just even get to graze past Kanye West and Neil deGrasse Tyson and, 
you know it's all these it's kind of absurd really actually people. yeah 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 no I, I and and i don't i don't get starstruck easily which is again good in this career i think um yeah but even then you know uh weird al yankovic comes in yeah <laughs> and yeah. it's like oh my god i was <laughs> like singing your songs but i was like six and it was every, as long it was as you're everything. doing that in your head and yeah not like, yeah i, I don't know, know. i yeah. might have been i might have yeah. had a big stupid grin on my face with that one i i don't i don't know i hope not. i do you know who chris potter is uh the saxophone uh, player uh he's one of the he's one of the best jazz saxophone players in the world yeah. and i met him uh at a, a, a my saxophone teacher at the time brought me to the he was playing at a club in in la cool um and i got to i got to just kind of like walk up and awkwardly go like i gotta take a picture i was like i it was like (laughs) i'm like if i (laughs) i know that it's i'm just another stranger and he probably won't remember that and that's fine but i would just i was just like there's no way i'm gonna be comfortable doing this so i'm just gonna fumble my way through it and get a picture with chris potter yeah um you so like all the mcfarland stuff uh You've recorded real quick: Whoopi Goldberg, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Brian Cranston, Mariah Carey, Will I Am, Adam West, Jane Lynch, Mickey Rooney, Nicki Minaj, Flea, and Carrie Fisher. Yeah, man, that's Will I Am. Did he? I don't know that I got to record him. I think he wanted to do his all at home. Um, but okay. A number of really great musicians. Weird Al. Um, yeah, you know, just doing their thing in front of the microphone there. <laughs> yeah. Who was your favorite to meet? Oh boy. Yeah. It could have been weirdo. Um, yeah. Cause I'm just a big dork and, uh, I just respect like his, yeah. his, him being so good at what he does and yeah. having what appears to be a really a ton of fun with it for such a long career. Right. Um, yeah, that's one of the big ones. Um, you know, Mark Hamill is wonderful. I just I've been, been loved working with him. His um, his Twitter is one of my favorites. Um, yeah, yeah. There's it's it's hard to have a favorite. I, I had an amazing conversation about business and science and life with Will I Am. I got to hear yeah. George Takei talking to to uh, kind of a few of us just sitting around on the couches about uh, about his his uh, family and the intern the internment camps and like getting taken away yeah, as his kid. career his life man that's just amazing and yeah. you just you know it's funny you, you see it on twitter or you see it in an interview and, and then you're like wow but there's always that extra something when the air is moving and somebody mm-hmm. is just there in front of you telling you here's what happened to me i like man. that the air is moving yeah yeah no, you know it's, it's just it's, it's visceral yeah 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 man and uh um they're just even sometimes some of my favorites are just uh are, are just some of the regular voice actors who you know most people won't know but they're just such wonderful people and kind of the highlights sure. of my day i always love recording yeah. rachel mcfarland and and wendy shaw um always love re- recording sonata lathan and uh just all the on and on I, now, now I feel like I have to name everybody. Like, oh, I mean, if anybody right, no, hears yeah. this, would feel left out. But, <laughs> but yeah, just it, it's so so many. Seth Seth um, Green, when I got to record him, is just ridiculously hilarious human being. Yeah. Uh, Scott Grimes might be the person I consistently had the most fun with. He's a single individual who just always fun, and yet also always gave yeah. his all. Like he he was always on, and he could give you, you know, the word no ten different ways, and they'd all be useful funny great reads of the word no you know right uh, yeah yeah d bradley baker 
absurdly talented human and and very sharing and giving and no that's awesome man that's this kevin michael richardson a lot of fun with kevin michael richardson i'm gonna stop now all right i'm gonna and i'm gonna research all of these people and they'll all be guests on this podcast and it'll be all because of you i recommend it i recommend it (laughs) um one last question and then uh we will kind of close it out but um (laughs) i guess what do you think what do you anticipate given the fact that um like movies, TV, the way media is kind of like going, the the form it takes, and as far as not even technology, but like how we consume media, uh, what do you like? Considering the fact that video games sort of like gross revenue overtook the film industry, and in like I think it was twenty eighteen, uh, it like it kind of like passed by the uh, the film industry. Um, what do you think about? the future of how we're going to consume media. I think that it's now evolving fast enough that it's actually going to be hard for us to predict. Like, you know, 10 or 20 years ago, you could make an outlandish prediction, but you could also just predict we'll have fancier video games. And that's probably, that was right. I kind of think that 10 or 20 years from now, it may not be recognizable. AI Mm. is moving so fast. Computing power Mm -hmm. is so enormous. The internet's getting so good. Um, that it's probably actually really hard to imagine what's coming in 10 or 20 years. Yeah. Cause, and I asked that just because the trend that I'm seeing, like within the recent decades, like you see it's stuff that like our, my parents won't understand, like watching a Twitch streamer play a video game. It's like, so you're just watching a guy, he's playing a video game. Why don't you just, play <laughs> that's one of the big game? ones. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I get it, but I still also don't get it. It's really right. weird. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the, I'm sort of, I feel like we're kind of in the same camp yeah. there. We have Twitch streamers and then reaction videos and reaction, reaction video, yeah. videos to, to reaction, reaction videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, <laughs> I think what I'm seeing is just we all want to hang out with each other, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and it's sort of, um, I think that's pro- probably why video games are, are kind of like as big as they are globally, just because everybody can connect so easily nowadays. And it's in, in a way that's like you're also being entertained in addition to the social aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to assume that because you're right about that, that, that wanting to be connected and wanting to sort of be able to see your friends and all that sort of stuff. It does lead you to believe that I think with the way technology is capable of now that maybe 10 or 20 years from now, we are all playing very, I was going to say hyper immersive, but that's not, I don't think it's the immersion that's hyper. It's the reality of it. It's the, it's the detail and the capability you know, immersive is the hardest thing to do. It just requires the most computing power to have an entire world built around you where you can literally go anywhere, right? Yeah. But um, obviously, that's what happens. Computing power gets better and better and better. And at some point, like TV is already better than our eyes, right? We, you can increase yeah. the, the re- resolution yeah, all you want. I'm not going to see it anymore. 4K. Yeah, I'm what not going to see it. What was the thing about there's like an 8K t- TV? There's 8K. It's like we don't... There's no point. No, 8K <laughs> is for projecting it on the side of a of a building, basically. 8K is for a billboard size. Yeah. I don't need 8K. No, and then projected on the moon. And we, you know, long ago hit uh, the cap with audio. 192 is yeah, all, better than anybody ever needs. And not even 96 is, is like, where you know, yeah. 96 lets you have a more realistic uh, representation of a waveform at a high frequency. But that's it. And then 192 is just you just. Splitting hairs in a way that we just don't hear it. 
And so, yeah. Um, yeah, we're so we're getting to the point where the technology will be sort of maxed out in terms of it can do anything we need it to do to create a world around us. And so then I think it just becomes a lot of things where we're experiencing fun, unique things within a world, whether it's augmented, whether it's, you know, you yeah. go around our world and, and literally just what we know as augmented reality now, things can be in our world, right? Or right. whether it's entirely VR the way we know it now, but it can be, again, super realistic. You, you can basically see your friends there. You could see, you know, Spider-Man there or, or, uh, you know, the monster from the strength from stranger things can just be there. It's not going to be like, (laughs) Oh, that's a cool, they did a good job making that look sort of realistic. Like it'll be, you know, it could be realistic at that point. So it's that, I think getting, getting, it's kind of the final frontier maybe for video games in a way. One final frontier is getting VR and immersive experiences to be as quality as just the flat TV is right now. Right, you know the moment. I'm just remember HBO series looking in at a living room. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, when you the, yeah. When the day we all, I think we most of us had a day when we went through to a Best Buy or whatever and saw TVs and looked and like, I feel like I'm looking through a window, not at a TV. Yeah, you know, like and I just yeah. that that day will come soon with with VR, and I think that's just going to be, it's going to blow some people's minds. Well, what I we mean, can do. I, I played Majora's Mask, and I yeah. was like, whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. right. N64. First time I saw uh, what was that game the the parasailing game yeah it was in a blockbuster oh yeah and it had like the little the uh, uh, N64 controller with the accordion thing coming out right right uh, just stationary yes. you got to play uh, what the hell was that called I can't remember anyway. but yes yeah 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 um, right it does the thing is I mean we started with pong and black and white <laughs> film, film with no sound you know and we were entertained pong. we were entertained with that it's okay yeah. so it isn't that that's the answer to everything or the end goal you know we can yeah. still you can then go and be in a super mario game immersively right that the possibilities become so endless because you essentially have the entire history of all entertainment yeah and the absolute utmost of current technology if you want to push in that direction and of course then that allows your imagination to invent things that have never existed you know before in any other exactly. realm you want so yeah i think there's going to yeah. be a lot of very I think that's that, that is the future. Um, it's funny because it still yeah. struggles with uh, uh, you still struggle with needing heavy goggles and immersive sound, right. like all that stuff. There's still to be overcome, and maybe it'll never be truly universal. I don't think we'll all be walking around with one of those on our face all the time right. or something, you know. But right. but just yeah. in terms of entertainment, I think that that's that's one of the yeah yeah. JSO, uh, Jeremy Scott Olson, Mr. Spicer, you're the man. You're the other uh, man. <laughs> on the other end of this call yes i am yes. uh anything you want to plug at all your website upcoming projects oh uh, the fine details of an nda <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so if if you're um 18 or older <laughs> oh, here we go this is gonna take uh, a turn now yeah no no M- minx uh hbo max the show is basically all about nudity and sex but it is it is yeah. hilarious show yeah. uh, a lot of fun to work on uh if you like and so i did some adr editing on that i did some adr editing and supervising on you and if if you um if you're a you fan the season four um i don't know how you'll feel about it i think some people may be put off but i think some people may like it I feel even like my more wife watches that show it's it's a, the stalker one right? yes like the yeah yes and i also think that some people who didn't watch previous seasons of you might also like this like it's it seems feels different but it's really good it's really neat i had a real yeah. fun time working on that too so and also um, everybody just be nice to each other please yeah 
Be nice to each other. Um, be good to each other. That's better than be nice. Good to each other. Don't freak out when you see a celebrity. They're just people. They're just humans. They, they want to be treated like human beings. Except and... for the ones that are lizards in people suits. <laughs> right? Which, like, if you had to put a percentage on that, how many do you 11. think are lizards? 11%. 11% yeah. of all celebrities are lizards. You heard people. it here you heard first. heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. Dude, it's, Lots it's of been fun. a pleasure. We did it. A big, huge thank you to the man, Jeremy Scott Olson, for donating a slice of his very busy schedule to talk to little old me. Relevant links are in the show notes, including JSO's website and links to our game, Hair Runner. But most importantly, a reminder to any serious musicians out there looking at record labels, Jeremy's Bad Self label is looking for applicants in the pop, rock, video game, TV, film, and modern classical genres. So go to badselfmusic.com and click on the Contact Your Bad Self tab. And again, highly recommend working with this man. He's a good dude. And now it's time for me to climb into this submarine that has arrived just in time to take me to episode 13. Submarines are terrifying claustrophobia death traps that no human should ever enter. But I'll do it for you, my audience. I'll see you in the next episode.